1: Lift we
0: have a lift Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast, here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge.
2: Ew!
0: Ew!
2: Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm.
1: And I'm Kate. You could follow me on Twitter
0: at FFBallBlast. And I'm Jake. You can find me on Twitter at JakeTrowbridge with a W.
2: Before we get into this episode, go smash that five-star review on whatever app you're listening to. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We got through the draft. It is officially the off season. Like we got a while now before any of the fun football news starts heating back hey, up. Hey, hey, hey! We have the schedule release this we week. We do. Schedule release Ooh. is on Thursday. Incrementally. Night. I, I am I just a degenerate, or am I like? Are you guys also excited to set your lineups after the schedule release? Like, I feel like I'm going to go into my Dynasty lineups and set them. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> okay, so it's just yeah, me. thought so, did not cross
0: my mind. <laughs> so just yikes. Me.
2: I'm excited about the week one matchups to see who my players have and who I want to put into my lineups. All right, just me cool just you (laughs) all right well i'm excited for that and today's show we're gonna be talking about second year players so enough of these rookies we're talking about the guys we've already seen play in the nfl we've already had some breakouts we'll discuss those players and you know we'll we'll talk about if we think they're going to continue those breakouts and continue a nice career Um, and then some guys who kind of struggled their rookie season or weren't used as much and we'll get into their outlook for 2022 we're going to be doing quarterbacks and running backs today, and then next week's episode we'll get into the wide receivers. Uh but first, let's get into news and notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news.
0: Breaking news. Breaking news.
2: There's like three pieces of Guys, we probably didn't need the whole introduction to the news and notes. It's probably longer than the notes itself. Uh, but two small pieces here. Sony Michelle signs with the Dolphins, right? I guess that's the biggest piece of news this week. I mean, the backfield was already like meh. They had Chase Edmonds, they had Raheem Mostert, who's probably going to stay healthy for a hot second. And I wasn't thrilled about either of those two. And then you add in Sony Michelle. Jake, what are your thoughts on this backfield with the Dolphins?
0: I mean, I hate it. I hate it for fantasy. I think everybody just hates it for fantasy. Like, you were hoping that Chase Edmonds, I think probably, or at least I was, Chase Edmonds was going to be the guy and he'd get most of the work, even with Mostert there. And this just muddies it so much. And of course, Miles Gaskin's still technically there. Salvan Ahmed still technically there. Like, it's just, it's gross. It's, I mean, it's Miami's Patriots backfield, and I don't want any part of it.
2: Yeah, and people are like, well, Chase Edmonds' role isn't going to change with Sony Michelle. It's like, well, it might a little bit, right? And if Chase Edmonds then has the role that he had with the Cardinals are you that excited? And the Cardinals pass a lot. They had Kyler Murray. They used him in the passing game. We don't know how he's going to be used with the Dolphins. It's not like we're you know, we getting the 49ers pretty much system in Miami now with a new head coach. But it's not like the 49ers use their running backs too often in the passing game. And then if Sony Michelle is going to steal the goal line work, I don't know. I'm just not excited about this backfield at all. No,
1: you're not going to be able to trust it. But – I mean, I I don't really care about the backfield anyway. Like, I feel like we keep thinking that there might be some relevance in the Miami backfield. And I, I feel like every single move that the team has made this year and last year even just shows you like, hey, maybe we're going to focus a little bit on Tua, maybe get him some weapons. I feel like this is just another, you know, blah showing uh, for the running back position there. But a good NFL signing, I think, but solid enough. And I don't know. I just want nothing to do with that. Give me all of the Tua. Just give me Tua. Give me Tyree Kill.
2: Give me Jalen Waddle. Yeah, don't give me any of the Tua. I don't really, you know. I don't. I don't know. This whole offense is confusing because they just have so many pieces at each position. Like Tyree Kill and, and Jalen Waddle are the same exact. Most human of them.
1: Beings. Most of them funnel
2: through to uh, yeah so yeah so. uh mike davis running back signs with the ravens they finally got the running uh. back they've been looking for like who really cares i don't think this affects the backfield at all i just think he's a veteran signing they wanted a third guy i don't in case you know gus edwards and gus edwards probably won't be ready to go We'll see if J.K. Dobbins is ready to go. But Mike Davis couldn't even get carries in a backfield with nobody. I mean, with the Falcons. (laughs) They didn't even want to use him because he was so bad. Don't you
0: talk about Cordero Patterson that way? He is not nobody. He is a very good player.
2: Well, I just, I don't think this signing's anything. I think it's just Devonta Freeman all over again, and they're only going to use him if they're desperate.
1: I mean, I think, though, Like, all of the moves, Michelle, you were, like, the first person to point this out about the question marks, the lack of buzz about J.K. Dobbins, about Gus Edwards and their recovery. Like, this is when we see that everybody's, like, eight weeks ahead of recovery and or 34 months ahead of their ACL recovery. (laughs) Like, everybody's ahead, and yet we've heard pretty much dead silence out of this backfield, yet they're having Melvin Gordon in for a visit. They're having uh now signed mike davis like they definitely needed depth but this is a backfield that i think had always been pretty content with the depth they had i just think it's interesting
2: i feel like after they went the draft and they didn't use an early pick on a running back or even a mid-round pick it was only a late pick they used and then they didn't sign melvin gordon to anything you know worthwhile that's why he ended up going back to the broncos and then they just settled on Mike Davis. Now I'm like, okay, now I'm not that worried because they settled on Mike Davis. That I don't know. I just now I'm like, okay, cool. That's fair. That's it, this doesn't worry me whatsoever. But you know what does worry me a little bit? Just a little bit. Saints head coach Dennis Allen said a few hurdles remain in Michael Thomas returning from his ankle injury. How? How is there still a few more hurdles? Like, what is going on with your ankle? I mean, is this the longest ankle injury of all time? It's like ankle slash foot. I don't even know what it really is. Kate's looking it up right now. I mean, I get it's ligaments, and it's not just broken bones, so it's going to take longer. But now this is you're going on to your third season, right? If he isn't ready for training camp still, it's like, is this dude ever going to get back on the field? Because it feels like he's not. Uh, and so, he doesn't help
0: himself, no. by the way, with the cryptic tweets that he sends out. Did you see today's cryptic tweet? This is Tuesday's cryptic tweet, but he says, You can't turn mud into diamonds, then you won't feel my pain. Like, what, Mike? <laughs> what are you even saying with that? Like, I don't understand.
1: I'm just, God. that's like genuine. Ooh, like, I don't, maybe he's like prepping for the Kendrick Lamar drop. I don't know. Like, this feels like, uh, <laughs> something so mysterious and uh i don't know maybe he's preparing for his own album drop and he's giving
2: us a lyric preview because that is cryptic cam Akers <laughs> tore his achilles and came back six months later yeah he didn't look good no he didn't but michael thomas i mean you um, hurt some ligaments in your ankle and you're never coming back to for the rest of your life apparently i don't know i hope i'm just being dramatic i hope he's fine because i would really i think it helps chris alave the rookie if michael thomas is there I think it helps Jameis Winston obviously as well. He, he
1: had his ankle surgery last June, so it's he is coming up on eleven months here.
2: Post surgery. Wow. You would just think It's a long time. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm being I'm undervaluing underestimating the injury right it just because it sounds like an ankle it's an ankle right so it just sounds like oh it's minimal minimal. like it's an ankle it's just
1: his ankle there's you know
2: it's it's torn ligaments in the ankle so it's no different than if you have them in your knee or you know
1: yeah leave him alone
2: or anything like that you know i get very protective (laughs) maybe he'll be fine i just if i believed in the person like is the person trying to get back on the field i don't know i don't know we shall see. I mean he's like a competitive dude.
1: Like I don't I don't think he doesn't want to know. Why did play he football. wait so
2: long for the surgery?
1: Probably because he's an idiot. It, I don't know. It he feels
0: willful esque to me and I'm a little suspicious of it. I do have oh. to admit at this point. I've typically been team Michael Thomas up to this point, but I don't know. The if Michael Thomas, Thomas plays,
2: he's gonna be great. If he plays, he's oh, going yeah. to be fantastic. It's just will he play? Um, I cannot believe still that Will Filler missed, like, a full season because of a finger. That is wild, but all right.
1: That's like me after Jimmy I Garoppolo, stung. a
2: quarterback, had, like, a broken middle finger at the t- – like, something that you should never be able to pass the ball with and just-, just kept playing through it. Not well, obviously, at the end of the season and in the playoffs, <laughs> but, like, he just kept playing through it. Like, I get it might hurt a little bit to catch the ball, Will Filler, but the- to miss the whole season with a finger, oh, my goodness. I, oh, like, I could
1: jam my finger once and just be,
2: like, out for the year. <laughs> like, I don't... You're well <laughs> All right, that's enough of the news and notes. Like I said, there wasn't too much. We are recording on Tuesday, May 10th, so if big news drops later than that, I'm sorry. We missed it. We'll get to it next week. Let's jump into the second-year, guys. Let's start with the quarterbacks. You know, there's the five main ones. Really just four for fantasy. But... They all disappointed last year, right? This whole group of guys disappointed. We had Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. They all go top 11 last year. We're all excited for each one of these guys' fantasy values. Trey Lance doesn't get the start, so not really fair to call him a disappointment, but he didn't get the start, so for fantasy, you know, kind of stunk if you had him in Dynasty. And then Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. They all started 10-plus games and they averaged just 11 fantasy points per game. That's quarterback 29 through 31. They were back to back to back. And those are the bottom three quarterbacks in fantasy points per game when you're looking at quarterbacks to start 10 plus games last year. So brutal years for them, right? But let's get into all of these guys, including Trey Lance and their 2022 outlook. Is it gonna get better? Let's start with the number one overall pick last year, Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars. Jake, what's your take on him? Does he get better next year?
0: He has to. The albatross of that coach, I'm not even going to deign to name him, is removed from Jacksonville. It was the worst situation for a guy like him to be thrown into. And so I I don't even care how good the current coaching regime is. It's going to be an upgrade for Trevor Lawrence. Of course, they are adding some pieces. Uh, We'll talk about a guy who's coming back that wasn't there last year that they drafted highly at running back, which will actually help him, I think, for the short-term game too. But I just feel like, I mean, this is true probably for most of these rookies. We saw them at their worst last year. Like, I don't think any of these guys could possibly be worse, as you alluded to. So they, they have to be better. But I still believe Trevor Lawrence... With his talent, and to a certain extent, some of the weapons, I know they weren't splash guys, but like upgrading the offensive line, throwing a couple extra passing weapons his way, I think it's going to be enough for him to put up a really reasonable, let's say a Kirk Cousins-esque type of year.
1: I think that's uh, aiming for the stars. You think aiming for the stars is Kirk Cousins type of year?
0: Gross.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, at this point, like, I, I just don't really believe in the weaponry here. I don't, like, I just don't really see what the upgrade was and if it's significant enough for him to make that big of a second-year leap. Like, let's not underrate Kirk Cousins. I, I think we're underrating Kirk Cousins here.
2: Okay, so a don't bit. get stuck on Kirk Cousins. When it comes to Trevor Lawrence, can he go from, you know, he was a, quarterback 30 last year can he go from that to quarterback 12 no like what's his ceiling then like quarterback 20 what, what are you thinking here
1: I would probably say between quarterback like 15 to 20 okay um and that's like I I want to see him utilize some of that mobility I just don't like do we really think the the weapons are a significant enough upgrade like I think it all depends on what you think about like the absence of Urban Meyer. Obviously, that I think that on what its it is. that on its own is a great, um, that's a great tool in his favor. But did they really do enough for the rest of the offense? I don't think so. Um, they gave him
2: Christian Kirk. You know, okay. he he was using Jamal Agnew nonstop last year, so I do think Christian Kirk is an upgrade from that you got zay jones you know you didn't have dj chark last year so at least you added him uh you got evan ingram which i love my boy dan arnold so but he still has him he still has his danny arnold uh he gets travis etn his boy from clemson back he still has marvin jones lavisca Chenault. do you seem like a lot of wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes sure he doesn't really have that true wide receiver one yet i think the biggest thing here is the quarterback upgrade from going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, I do think this will help him. But you kind of got to treat him as a rookie now again because you just kind of had to throw away last year because it was just a disaster. Um, just and, and we can blame it on all on Urban Meyer, but Trevor Lawrence looked really bad out there. He only hit 20 fantasy points in one game last season. That was 22 points uh, versus Tennessee in one game. He had 10 or fewer fantasy points in 9 of his 17 games.
1: So it was bad. He has to like, take- that's a very low
2: floor. He has to take a massive jump.
1: And that's a, a very low floor for a guy that we consider to, like, like Trevor Lawrence. He's not like a Kirk Cousins where he's sort of like a statue in the pocket. That's his floor when he's, like, a very mobile quarterback. Like, sometimes when you think about an absence of weapons in the receiving game, you think, well, hey, maybe that might provide this quarterback a little bit of opportunity to – uh. Like, make some money on scrambles and, like, get me some fantasy points there. Trevor Lawrence is very capable of that, and this was still his floor. Like, yikes. I, I'm i not saying I, I'm out I, on Trevor Lawrence, but still.
0: I do think we're underrating sometimes. So we've started talking about this in recent episodes, about the mental aspects of what happens with some of these players, and I do think there is something to be said for this. Like, if you read any of those stories about he who shall not be named – Urban Meyer, and how he conducted himself throughout that. Like, that is degradating stuff that is mentally draining to, like, any player. I mean, I, I'm not an NFL quarterback, as you might have recognized. What? But I can only imagine what that type of thing would do to a player. So I do think some of that has to be baked in. But, I mean, I acknowledge it, it was terrible last year.
2: It was bad. Let's move on to another guy who had an equally terrible season. Uh, Zach Wilson, number two overall pick. Now, this is, this is a guy I'm getting hot on this offseason. Like, I think he, he can make that jump. It was bad for him. Don't get me wrong. He was also in a terrible situation. I do think there was more patience. Like, thinking about him coming to the NFL, he was going from BYU, making that jump into the NFL. Like, I was more willing to give him that time to grow because that's a pretty big jump, and he's super young, and I know Trevor Lawrence is too, but – Uh, With Zach Wilson, the Jets made so many upgrades this year. They draft Garrett Wilson, who is my favorite wide receiver in this class, with the 10th overall pick. They have Elijah Moore that they drafted last year early in the second round. He led the Jets last year. No, it wasn't with very many receiving yards, but he led the Jets in receiving yards as a rookie, and he missed six games with injury and still led them. So that's he's super talented. We all know I love him. They get Corey Davis back. He missed eight games last season. That was his first season with the Jets. He had some nice games before his injury. Like, he looked like a pretty nice addition for them, actually. They draft Brees Hall, the running back, early in the second round this year. He should help him out, you know, keep defenses honest, and, you know, they have to – protect that run game they still have michael carter and then the tight end cj uzama and tyler conklin those are nice tight end options now so they did a lot there the offensive line should be better after free agency and the draft and injured players coming back i love this offense for zach wilson and everything they put around him and now comes on to zach wilson to step up but he has that big arm to make big plays he has the rushing ability to scramble and get out of the pocket and get those rushing yards i like him he obviously has to get his mentals right and not make stupid plays, but I like him. Yeah, I really,
1: um, I really like Zach Wilson and like the contrast here between like Zach Wilson's situation and Trevor Lawrence's situation. Like, I mean, just paired up with the coach he has and Robert Sala, paired up with the weapons he has. Like Corey Davis is his wide receiver three. That's like probably one of the best wide receiver threes in the NFL, even though that sounds really gross to say. I mean, he he's been a uh, suitable asset that I don't think is necessarily suited to be like the alpha wide receiver one for his team as the wide receiver three. He is freaking fantastic. Um, You know, the, the weapons in the rushing game, I think Brees Hall and Michael Carter are going to be perfect compliments to one another. Like they set him up for success and that's what the Jaguars I don't think didn't or didn't do. Is that like a double negative? They didn't do that for Trevor Lawrence. And that's why I have so much more faith in Zach Wilson to make that big second year leap than I do Lawrence.
0: I get that. And I, I agree. And I think my heart really wants Zach Wilson to be, A really quality quarterback and I I believe that he can be I think what gets in my blinders a little bit is like why did every quarterback that stepped in to take over for Zach Wilson for a game or two why did they do so much better than he did we're talking about like a Mike White who just stepped in for a game or two and looked incredible and there was like three other guys who the wide receivers didn't really suffer when the replacements came in and so You hope that a lot of that is just, you know, rookie nerves and and whatever and adjustments and typical stuff. And because of all the weapons that they added, that should cure a lot of that. But it is just, um, it's one of the things that's getting in the way for me.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was a rough year. There's no way around it. It it was a brutal year for him. But uh, like... Uh, unlike Trevor Lawrence, he gets to stay in the same system, learn it again. I do think watching those quarterbacks helped him watching Joe Flacco, watching Mike white, watching Josh Johnson. That's his name. I believe. I do think it helped him. Cause looking at his stats, when he came back, he wasn't throwing those interceptions anymore. Like his interceptions pretty much disappeared. He was taking the easier throws. His stats didn't look fantastic, right? Like not a ton of passing yards, but he wasn't making the turnovers and he was taking the easier throws. He had a couple 20 point games after week 13 and week 13 and on. I, I do think he was learning from that. So that's a good sign already. Now he has a whole offseason to learn even more. I'm excited for him. I think he'll be one of my favorite late, late round quarterbacks to draft in uh, drafts coming up in August, September. I'll target him in like the 12th round, something like that. It's maybe my second quarterback just to see if he hits. Let's move on to a guy that we are probably a lot more optimistic that he's going to have a pretty nice fantasy season. It's Trey Lance for the Forty ers number three overall pick. Now Jimmy Garoppolo is still on this roster somehow, some way. They have not traded him yet. The uh, shoulder, sur- shoulder. Oh my goodness, shoulder surgery. Hard to say uh, that he had in February or March really held back those trade talks and that happening so he's still with the team are we I think that's
1: so bad like that is just so bad the like 49ers what are you doing michelle you you co-host a 49ers podcast like you're the resident expert here i think you need to give your thoughts here
2: because it feels bad I think they'll trade him. As soon as we get clearance on that shoulder and he's good to go and he could be traded and start working with whatever team that trades for him, I do think they get rid of him they go with Trey Lance. Now, what, is he, what do they get back for him? I don't know, a fourth or fifth rounder? Who knows? Probably nothing. Like they, they said might have they to. wanted a first at some yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, people have insane, insane expectations about Trey Lance in his first season. He just turned 22 years old. He played at North Dakota State, which isn't even in the FBS. It's gonna you know, probably be a little bit of a learning curve for him, even though he didn't play in year one. Now, I will say, I think a realistic season for him, in terms of fantasy, is Jalen Hurts in 2019. I, I don't think that's unfair to say. Uh, he had 3,500 passing yards, 18 pass touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 900 rushing yards, 11 rushing TDs. So that's Still saying Trey Lance is going to put up 4,400 total yards and nearly 30 total touchdowns. Like, that would be a really good season. Jalen Hurts was the quarterback six last year in fantasy points per game. 21.4 fantasy points per game he scored. That's only .5 fewer points per game than Patrick Mahomes. So if this is, like, do you you agree with me here that this is kind of his floor is a Jalen Hurts-type season and Trey Lance should be a top – 10 quarterback drafted this year.
0: I don't know if I would say that's his floor, but last year I was coming in riding high saying that I expected him to be a top 12 guy in points per game coming out as a rookie. Like, and nothing that happened last year dissuades that from me at all, because in the few games where he actually got work and he kind of got that Cam Newton treatment when Cam first came back and it's like, well, let's just throw you on the goal line and let's just work you in occasionally. He kind of got that treatment for a few games. But even in those games where he sparsely played, he never had fewer than 15 fantasy points in a game, at least according to my sleeper uh, uh, version of points here. But it is outrageous to think that Trey Lance, if he starts the entire season, would fall outside of the top 12. So I agree with you on that front. Like, I think it's the moon for him. I think a top five season is honestly within reach. And the weapons and the system, and it all just gives me the good feels.
2: Yeah, I think Jalen Hurts showed us last year. I love Jalen Hurts, so if you're listening, Eagles fans, don't take this the wrong way. But I think he showed us that you can have a kind of a rough NFL quarterback season, like just mediocre, but if you're a rusher and you put up 900 rushing yards, which Trey Lance couldn't very much do, you're going to have a nice fantasy season. And no, so the numbers I'm using here with Jalen Hurts that I went through just really quick They were a 17-game pace. He only played 15 games, so I did it out for a 17-game pace, by the way, so if you're confused. But Jalen Hurts was on pace for 11 rushing touchdowns. Will Trey Lance get that? Probably not. Like, that's a really hard metric to hit. That's really, really high. But can he have more than 18 passing touchdowns? a hundred percent with those weapons he has way better weapons than jalen Hurts had last year devo samuel and brandon iuk and he's with the kyle shanahan system that just gets everyone wide open nobody's near anybody everyone just has 500 feet to work so he could definitely throw more than 18 passing touchdowns to make up for whatever rushing touchdowns he doesn't get i will have him ranked pretty high i mean
1: even like in that very limited window like let's chew on this for a minute trey lance through just two fewer touchdowns two fewer touchdowns than Justin Fields last year like two on that
2: <laughs> for like two seconds and That's you know wild. what he still threw eight fewer interceptions
1: I that would like, make
2: that, that makes sense because he threw so many less I mean,
1: attempts just, but it but it blows my mind uh, led that entire class in yards per attempt Led the class in NFL passer rating. Led the class in average depth of target. Like, I think he showed willingness to throw the ball down the field. I think he showed a willingness to throw touchdowns um, at an acceptable rate. And I, I mean, I think the sky is the limit for him as a rusher. The whole point is just going to be him getting on the field. Um, If there's any circumstance where, like, you can get him as a steal for somebody who's still, like, concerned about Jimmy Garoppolo and all the weird narratives, I would do that in a dynasty league. Like, I think now is your time to probably trade for trey lance before he becomes untradeable
2: but every year in redraft leagues when you're sitting there in august september there's always a guy like this that has that mobile upside that's sitting there in the eighth ninth round and guys like ryan Tannehill and kirk cousins are going around him take the shot on trey lance i don't think trey lance is going to be there okay maybe not well we'll see once we get there let's move on to another mobile guy the bears justin fields number 11 overall pick last year Again, just like the other guys, didn't do well in his time starting and didn't do well for fantasy, although he's a mobile guy. The Bears just didn't want to help out this dude at all. I mean, when we look at Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson this offseason, their teams are like, yeah, we got to put players around him. The Bears were like, nah, nah, he's good. We're actually just going to we're gonna get rid of Alan Robinson, which they didn't have a connection anyway, so whatever. And then they added Equinemius, St. Brown, Brian Pingle. Velas Pringle, Pringle, Pringle. You can't.
0: Also like- Byron. I love how much of that name just went through this <laughs> what filter did I say? and came out chopped up. <laughs> Brian P- Pingley. I don't recall.
1: <laughs> Brian <laughs> Pringle. Uh, Once you pop the fun, don't Brian. Stop. Uh, that's Wait a hard ahead.
2: name. I keep saying Brian By- Byron. Byron. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> then how do you say the rookie's name? Velas Velas.
0: Okay, that one I'm out on. Admittedly, I think it's Velas. Velas sure.
2: Jones Jr. He's like 30 years old as a rookie, no, but legit. He, I think he's gonna be like 25 pretty soon. David Moore. I mean, their best pass catching weapon, obviously, is Darnell Mooney, but after that, it might be Colekmet. Their tight end, that's pretty much done nothing yeah. throughout his career so far. But, you know, tight ends take a second. So I do think he can have a fine season next year. But this is brutal. I mean, their offensive line is really bad, too. They didn't do much of anything to fix that. They lost their best guard in James Daniels. I thank them. They, you know, he's with the Steelers now. This is this is a terrible situation for Justin Fields. Just Yikes. Garbage. I, I don't know how he gets better. How does he get better?
0: I don't understand... It's a rebuild, and I appreciate that. I understand that the Bears are not competing. When did God they start them. the rebuild,
1: though? Like, God.
0: Like like 18 years ago, uh, I think, is when <laughs> they first started. I think once they drafted Mitch Trubisky, they officially started the rebuild. Uh, that was offsides. I shouldn't have said that. But I really do believe you're in a rebuild, and I understand that. But the fact that you have this second-year quarterback who has not helped at all, In his rookie season and needs every bit of assistance he can get to grow you're not doing him any favors by not signing a veteran like i know a veteran's not going to help you win a super bowl and you also have to have a veteran who will agree to sign with you but like incentivize somebody i don't care if it's will fuller or even old decrepit julio jones like give him anybody that he can legitimately throw to to build a
2: warm body and
0: grow A a literal warm body like that would be great.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, if he struggles again this year, and he's likely going to as a passer at least, right? He can use his legs to get out of trouble. I'm sure he'll show some moments with flashes like he did last year. But, you know, if he struggles again this year, they're going to start to consider taking a different guy when it's like, this wasn't his fault, guys. Like, you gave him nothing. You gave him garbage. And not only does he have no weapons, like the offensive line is going to be one of the worst too. I feel terrible for Justin Fields. I don't want him in fantasy for 2022. Someone else can take him and hope for the upside. I just, I don't want to touch it. I would rather take a shot on Zach Wilson for 2022 than I would on Justin Fields.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, this is literally the same thing that I had to say about the Jaguars. Like, what did they upgrade in that situation to make him take a leap this year? And I can't come up with anything. No. Like, at least last year, they had Allen Robinson on the field. Whether or not he wanted to play football or was healthy enough to play football, who knows? But at least he was there.
2: Like, what... What? Darnell Mooney's about to get 200 (laughs) targets For like
1: 30 (laughs) yards Yeah Uh,
2: Let's rank these four guys real quick Um, Just for fantasy in 2022 What would be your list here, Jake?
0: Mine would be Lance, Lawrence, Wilson And then Fields
2: Okay, mine would be This is Michelle This would be Trey Lance, Zach Wilson Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields Same With Michelle Yeah and that was Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. My favorite sleeper, Zach Wilson. I don't know. I'm just getting real high on him. <laughs> I, I, before we get into running backs, do we want to mention Mac Jones and Davis Mills for fantasy? You know, Mac Jones had probably the best rookie season out of all probably. these guys. Not yeah. probably. Not probably. He, he had did. the best rookie but season. He did, and he still only scored thirteen point or thirteen point two fantasy points per game. That was a quarterback twenty six uh i feel like he's a really good nfl player really good nfl quarterback i really have zero desire to have him in fantasy we knew this when he came
1: out yeah like we knew that he was not going to be a fantasy relevant quarterback the issue is it's it's a running league for fantasy football managers it is like you need a rushing quarterback. You need some sort of rushing upside, or you need, or
2: you need like a, a dominant need... wide receiver one, which they didn't get him right. So if they got him and AJ Brown, then maybe you start to consider it. But like Devontae Parker doesn't move the needle for me for wanting Mac Jones.
1: I mean, I think he has like I, I think he has some solid weapons. Like I, I think Hunter Henry, great, great receiver. He has a lot of wide Smith, too. Like. I I think he's got a lot of – they've got a lot of depth there in that offense that, like, you don't have a lot of dominance, but you have some really solid role role players. But, I mean, the issue with Mac Jones is I don't think he's there yet as a passer for it to compensate for the lack of rushing upside.
0: I would rather have Davis Mills straight up and especially at cost in my dynasty leagues or – I mean, if you have to for some reason in a redraft league, I guess I would pick Davis Mills over him. Like, Davis Mills, he only had 11 starts. In four of those games, he threw for over 300 yards. His only guy was Brandon Cooks. And you know I love me some Brandon Cooks, but that's your only weapon that you're throwing to there did he get outside any more? of a smattering of tight ends.
2: Did he get any more weapons? Did he what? Did he get any more weapons this year, though?
0: But, but I'm saying, like, if he did that with that, He doesn't need anything else. Maybe Nico Collins takes a step up this year, which I actually kind of like as a super deep sleeper. But no, he didn't really get any improvements. But did Mac Jones? Because Devontae Parker, like you said, doesn't really move the needle. And he already outperformed Mac Jones from my vantage point for fantasy for like the usable starts that you had.
2: So Davis Mills scored 13.5 fantasy points per game in his 11 starts, quarterback 25. In points per game, Jones was right there at quarterback, 26. So yeah, he already had a better season than Mac Jones slightly. Davis Mills, I don't know. People are like talking themselves into him. He's not going to be the quarterback of the Texans. The Texans after this year. seem to be talking themselves. Uh, yeah, into I don't. Him. I don't think. I think they're going for that number one overall pick in 2023. Bryce Hall or you know C.J. Stroud, one of those guys, a different yeah, quarterback that pops up. I have zero faith in Davis Mills. But I, you know, I don't want either of these guys for fantasy, so it doesn't really matter. Now, like they did, people are gonna be like, "Well, they drafted John Mechie you know, in the second round. He tore his ACL pretty late in the year last year, so I'm not expecting him to come in and help Davis Mills anytime soon or ever." Because, like I said, Davis Mills won't be the quarterback of the Texans after the season.
0: Road. Moving on <laughs>
2: to running backs, second year running backs. We gotta start with our boy, Najee Harris. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He killed it last year, RB three on the season. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. He was he was voluminous.
1: He was not <laughs> always efficient. And no, but you know what? That's exactly what I said when I said that Najee Harris was going to finish as the RB three, right before he finished as the RB3. Who could have predicted that?
2: Jake, let's hear. What? Let's hear what? your thoughts on Najee Harris before we get into it cuz obviously we love him. Do you think he'll be a top 5 running back this year?
0: Yeah. To me, it's a pretty easy trade-off between the volume that he got this year this past year and the increased efficiency he should experience this coming year. Yeah, he might not get the same volume. It's it's very possible, even likely with the quarterback change with Ben you know, dumping off a lot. Maybe these new guys, whoever it is, whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, they might not dump off to him as much. I don't think that's an issue because I think his efficiency should move massively up from what it was last year because the entire offense should just run a lot smoother. So I think top five is pretty easy. There's no chance I would take. I wouldn't rank him outside of the top three still this year.
2: Who is above him for you?
0: Still Jonathan Taylor and still Christian McCaffrey.
2: Okay. We're still going with Christian McCaffrey and hoping he stays healthy. Doing it. Okay. I probably – I'd take Jonathan Taylor over him. But then I might just go Najee, you know. I love Christian McCaffrey so much, and I get it. When he's on the field, he's an absolute monster and scores you 30 points and he wins you every week. But – It's been two years now where I've taken him and gotten hurt. I just, like, if I do it again, if I do it again and he gets hurt again, I might just quit fantasy, you know? It's been two years (laughs) since you've been healthy. Yeah. I just just, just don't know if I can forgive myself. (laughs) But, no, an easy one. I think that's the first genuine laugh I've gotten out of Jake. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to say that Najee should be getting the same kind of treatment as Jamar Chase. You know, they both scored over 300 fantasy points as a rookie. That's insane. Um, Right near each other, Jamar was at 304. Najee was at 300. And Jamar Chase did it with insane efficiency that you would expect, you know, if you're going to go with anything, like, he'll regress, which I still think he's going to be a great player moving forward. Najee did it with... Terrible efficiency. If anything, you would think he's gonna get better with the offense opening up without Big Ben there. Um, you know, they have a mobile quarterback now, either with Trubisky or Pickett. They can at least move, they can at least run, play action, and open up the offense, upgraded offensive line. Uh so yeah, Najee's not getting enough love, but top five running back easily. Let's move on to a little bit harder ones here. Travis Etienne basically coming into his rookie season because he didn't get to play last year. Drafted in the first round by the Jaguars, picked 25 in 2021. He had a Liz Frank injury last summer, didn't play all the season. You know, for those of you who don't know, he played at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. They were besties. They were besties. Somehow, James Robinson had eight rushing touchdowns last year. I didn't even know the Jaguars literally scored eight touchdowns. So I'm (laughs) shocked because I was like, well, how many times are they going to score for Travis Etienne, you know, to have those scoring opportunities? Some way, somehow, James Robinson found no issues getting into the end zone. And speaking of James Robinson, he tore his Achilles late in the 2021 season. I don't expect him to see him anytime soon. I like Travis Etienne. What are your thoughts, Jake?
0: I, I like him, but it's a cautious optimism still. It's just because every everything's so weird and in flux there, and like the the staff that drafted him is also no longer in play here. And I never got the idea that Urban Meyer was super into Travis Etienne to begin with. I guess, and I thought there was too much overlap between him and Lavisca Schnault possibly, and Schnault is still technically there. I mean, he could get moved at any time, I suppose. But it's all it's all nebulous and it's all weird to me. What I think we would. Want to bank on is the fact that he increased basically every good metric through college up into his senior year. And like he still dominated and started to dominate even more with receiving work in that senior year. And so, look, we talked about the fact that he doesn't have a lot of options, Trevor Lawrence, that is, to throw to. So, by default, ETN should see a ton of short field receiving work. And for me, then great. You know, I'm all about that for my RB2.
2: Okay, what are your thoughts? What are your thinks, I almost said? Um, My thinks uh, that
1: (laughs) Etienne is a very intriguing guy, and I think he's probably going to end up being a value, but he's not going to be one that I feel like really excited about drafting. But I do think he's going to be a value, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Like the best receiving prospect to come out in the 2021 draft if he comes out and he's able to participate in training camp, we already know he's got a, a connection with Trevor Lawrence. And I think the lack of other options there, like it, it's probably going to be a sure thing that Trevor Lawrence is going to utilize him as a check down option pretty consistently. Like even if it's just to move the chains, even if it's a, a you know, a one reception for like, three yards like I could totally envision that happening like a 100 times next year and (laughs) it's not going to be pretty but I think the receiving upside alone is going to make him a value and nobody's going to want to touch him because of the situation because of the ickiness because of the offense like there's nothing attractive about this option which is why he's going to fall but I think bite. it's
2: attractive, I, and I think I'll bite on it. I, I do think the biggest worry is how many touchdown opportunities he will have. Uh, but And then also the workload. So I say I'll bite, when- I'll bite on it, but I now I don't know because I looked at Doug Peterson and the way he uses running backs. Now, some running backs have had some nice receiving work under him. Like Miles Sanders had 50 receptions for 509 receiving yards in 2019 in his rookie season with Doug Peterson with the Eagles. But no running back under Peterson with the Eagles from when he was the head coach from 2016 to 2020 had more than 180 carries in a season. And Miles Sanders had the most with 179 in that 2019 season. That worries me a little bit. I don't know who else is going to get the touches there. Hopefully Travis Etienne can hold up with the Liz Frank injury and get 200-plus carries and get his 70 targets. Um, but now I think I'm talking myself out of Travis Etienne. Now that I'm talking. That was a big circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was. It really was. I liked him. What for, a roller coaster. I liked him for 10 seconds, and now I think I talked myself out of it. Um, it, it, it depends on where he falls. You know, if I, I'm sitting in the fourth round, and I don't I, – the wide receiver depth is much better than running back depth when, we, when it comes feeling. to redraft drafts.
1: Who do you think will be drafted earlier? Elijah Mitchell, who we saw have a lot of success his rookie season, rookie season, or just Travis Etienne, who we didn't see anything from his rookie season, but there's still that, like, glimmer of hope. Who I gets think, drafted I earlier? I think your
0: standard leagues go with Eli Mitchell because they look at what the production was last year, and quite simply is that, ADP in most leagues, I think, is determined by that.
1: So I think... Like, if I, – I don't know. If I Elijah rather, Mitchell is probably going to go around maybe the fifth round. I think you have to probably expect that Etienne goes sixth, seventh.
2: I have the ADP, and I was going to pull it up oh. here with Elijah Mitchell, but Kate wants to jump a couple people here. Um, so let's just talk about Elijah Mitchell, and then we'll get into Javante Williams. So Elijah Mitchell, yes, he performed, obviously, better than Travis Etn because he actually played. Uh, But six-round player, and, of course, in Kyle Shanahan's system, he does fantastic, and Trey Sermon is nowhere to be found. 15 fantasy points per game he scored, tied for RB15. For some, who knows why, the 49ers took their third-round pick, which was their second pick in the draft because they didn't have a first-round pick, and they drafted a running back, Ty Davis-Price. Never even heard of this dude when they drafted him. Um, played for LSU. I don't think he's very good. I don't know why they drafted him, but Kyle Shanahan can make any running back good. That's my worries. It's like every year we're like, no, this is the guy, though. This is the guy he wants. This is the guy. He used this guy. Oh, this guy. It's like Elijah Mitchell should be the dude because he performed, but who knows a Kyle Shanahan? He hates players. He hates them so much. He doesn't think of them as humans, and he drives me crazy.
1: Who is the running backs coach in – San Francisco? I have no idea. Because I have to imagine, uh, much like the, what is it, the notebook where he's like, what do you want? What do you want? I think the running backs coach probably like slams Kyle Shanahan into a wall like once a year, like, what do you want? Because it's just not clear to anybody.
0: (laughs) He He didn't want Trey Sermon, that's for sure, despite the draft capital. So to that point, like, maybe the draft capital of this Ty Pierce doesn't mean anything. And the fact that they took him with their second pick doesn't mean anything. But do we know that for certain? I don't, and that's what scares me.
2: Yeah. It scares me, too, because, you know, I— i said after the draft last year with trey sermon and elijah mitchell elijah mitchell fit kyle Shanahan's system so much better so it made sense why they would take both of these guys and elijah mitchell maybe fell further than they thought and they would take him. and i was worried because i like trey sermon but i was worried about elijah mitchell because he fit kyle shanahan's system so much better ty davis price is bigger um i don't think he i i don't know i'm not excited about him and kyle shanahan's system We've seen the 49ers use a lot of capital, both in the draft and in free agency, on running backs they never ever use, uh, like often, anyways. We got the Tevin Colemans. Um, what's his name? McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon.
0: Oh, yeah. Trey
2: Sermon. Uh, trying to think of uh, Williams. Uh, fourth round. Jeff Wilson. No, Joe Williams. Who Joe Williams, I think, fourth-round pick in 2017. And people were excited about him because the 49ers had, like, nobody. And our dog is really upset with Kyle Shanahan, too. Sorry about that. I don't know. I like Elijah Mitchell. I just don't think his ceiling's high enough for me to draft him. Like, his ceiling's not high enough and his floor is not high enough with how Kyle Shanahan uses running backs. And then you bring in Trey Lance, who should open up things even more for the running game, sure. But running mobile running backs don't typically – dump off to their running back elijah mitchell already didn't see targets like at all in the system with jimmy garoppolo who wasn't mobile i i don't love it and he's going around guys i looked at the adp he's going around leonard fournette he's going around james Conner. he's going around travis Etienne, who were brought up uh, around rashad penny i think i want all of those guys more than elijah mitchell
1: I think I would rather have all of these running backs, maybe with the exception of Rashad Penny, which breaks my heart.
2: Nah, I'm still taking okay, Rashad Penny. Okay,
1: you I, – I feel like – It's the
2: same thing. Does Kenneth Walker take Rashad Penny's job? Does this Ty Davis-Price take Elijah Mitchell's job? I'm much more
1: confident in Kenneth Walker to take a chunk of Rashad Penny's job. Than we already then.
2: saw Pete Carroll draft Rashad Penny, and Chris Carson was good, and he didn't give Rashad Penny anything. So if Rashad Penny is good and he stays healthy, what makes you believe Rashad he's going to give Kenneth also, Walker
1: anything? Rashad Penny was also just not healthy, period.
2: He was the first year. Ish. <laughs> like He was healthy. <laughs> and he just wasn't good. And he was overweight that first year. And he yeah. wasn't as good as Chris Carson. That's the thing. If Rashad Penny is healthy, it's silly to think that they wouldn't feed him after what he did last year. You can't sit that man. He was electric. Mm.
0: I'm so tepid because I think that offense is awful. So I am erring on the side of the good offense, which would be Elijah Mitchell there, because I just don't believe a Drew Lock led offense would produce any valuable running back. And if they split it, then I'm ugh, ugh, then that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, but yeah, if, um, you're right. That's... So I'd rather have Mitchell. Drew Lock right. might
1: not touch the ball at all because it's just going to be run, 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 punt. Run,
2: you may, run, <laughs> you may have just <laughs> talked me into Elijah Mitchell because you're right with Drew Lock. How many scoring opportunities will there be? Uh, so it's close there. But definitely taking James Conner, Leonard not over Elijah Mitchell. Travis Etienne would oh, be yeah. close. Rashad Penny is close. Uh, let's move on to Javante Williams now. Everyone was so pumped about him. They're ranking him so high without Melvin Gordon there. They were like, oh, my God, he's so good, which he is so good. And then Melvin Gordon comes back and just destroys all of our hopes. And we
1: knew he was coming back. We knew it. We all said it. Melvin Gordon knew he was. We didn't want to believe
0: it, though, Kate. We just didn't want to believe it.
1: Just look your fate in the eye and grab it by the, you know what, and just like live with it. And I, you know what, the, the thing is, what angers me. I really like Melvin Gordon. I've always been like fond of Melvin Gordon, and I've always thought he was underrated. Melvin Gordon like performed really well last year, and. He doesn't get any sort of recognition whatsoever because people are angry that Javante Williams is not getting the full uh, shebang, if you will. And now, not only do you have to worry about that, but you also have to worry about the fact that, like, Russia has been detained just behind a, a, like, with, I don't know, chains or whatever, They have been chaining him, uh, his hands behind his back, and he hasn't been able to hashtag cook. Like, I have to imagine that Russell Wilson is going to want to come into this offense, and he's going to want to throw a football because it's been a while. And it's been a while since he's gotten to, like, control an offense. I'm going to have to imagine that this is going to be a more pass-heavy offense than what we saw in Seattle and I do think that, like, with the two of these guys here, despite the the fact that all of the talent is there, I'm very concerned that there's not going to be enough rushing volume to go around.
0: Yeah, Russell Wilson is going into Denver. He's got his salt. He's got his paprika. He's got some spare onions he's going to chop up. He' going to cook. He's going to cook all season long. And the fact that Javante Williams already tied exactly with – Melvin Gordon last year in rushing attempts. They both had 203 rushing attempts. They both had 21 rushing attempts inside the 10-yard line. They both had nine rushing attempts inside the five-yard line. Like They were matched up. it split down the middle. They're just like, great, we'll divvy it out to both of you. The fact that they bring Melvin Gordon back doesn't instill a ton of confidence there. I think it will go slightly more in Javante's favor, but You're right, Kate. How much of that pie is even going to be available now for the running backs? I don't know.
1: I think, like, out of either of these guys, I'm probably going to have, like, many more shares of Melvin Gordon just due to pure value. Because I think, like, at the end of the season, these guys are probably going to finish very closely to one another, barring injury.
2: Yeah, and he, no. Javante Williams is going to go early because he has that flashy name. He is really good. If anything happens to Melvin Gordon, he were to miss some games, like, yes, he will be great. Um, but he probably won't be on many of my teams for 2022 just for the fact the other guys around him just have a safer workload. I'm going to go with that. like, Joe Mixon is going around. Javante Williams like, give me Joe Mixon. And I don't even like Joe Mixon, but – His workload (laughs) is so much safer. So I'm going to go with him. All right, let's get into these sleepers real quick before we close out the show. Um, So besides the main guys that we just talked about... Oh, actually, before we get into that, let's rank these guys really quick. I think this is probably an easier one to do than the quarterbacks. Um, Rank these top four guys. So for me, my rankings would go Najee Harris. Hot take. And then... Uh, I'm still going to go Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, and then Elijah Mitchell.
0: I'm going to switch it up. I'm actually going to go Najee Harris, Travis Etienne for the upside that he offers, I think, above Javante. I think Javante has a much safer floor, but I'm putting him as my number three because I'd like to aim for upside there, and then Mitchell. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going to go hot and say Najee Harris is my... Uh, the RB1 in this group. (laughs) I honestly could picture all three of these other players, though, finishing within three spots of each other. Like, I could finish, Mm. I I could easily see them finishing all as RB2s, uh, somewhere between RB15 and RB20. And it's a wash for me. Like,
2: I'll take whichever of these Mm. guys falls the lowest in that order. All right. Fair. So I asked for a list very quickly, and you did the opposite. You did not give a list, and you (laughs) (laughs) just talked about it. What did you expect, Michelle? Far too long. (laughs) Michelle, what did you expect? All right. So Mm. this group of sleepers, add someone if you want. Um, This is just the ones I think could have a fantasy impact of some sort. You got Michael Carter going into second year with the Jets, Ramondre Stevenson with the Patriots, Khalil Herbert with the Bears, and Kenneth Gainwell with the Eagles. Uh, who out of this group, or if you have another guy, uh, is your favorite among them that intrigues you the most can have some fantasy relevance next season. Jake, we can start
0: with you. I'm gonna kick things I'm gonna kick things off very quickly because I wanna to get to the couple that you guys want to talk about more than who I wanna talk about. But I just want to make sure people aren't leaving Michael Carter for dead entirely. And I feel like that is the level of non optimism out there right now, at least according to Twitter, is that Brees Hall is there, ergo, Michael Carter is nothing. And that could be, it certainly could be, but I don't want people to underestimate the fact that he could be the J.D. McKissick of this offense. You know, he could get hyper-targeted. I mean, we certainly saw him do that to some extent last year. A lot of that was due to the quarterback changeover, which was weird, and there was one super target-heavy game. But I think that that is what he could have as a legitimate role in this offense. I mean, worst-case scenario, I think he's, I don't know, Naeem Hines, I guess, with the Colts, which isn't great, but has some usable weeks, you know, and then if there is an injury to Brees Hall, of course, this is one of the best handcuffs in the NFL for running backs, if you're into that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, it's a no right handcuff. You definitely like Michael Carter more than I do, but yeah, if Brees Hall were to get injured, um, and I just, I, I agree with you, I think Carter will have some sort of a role, hopefully it's pass catching, and he'll have some relevance with the jets kate who's your favorite guy among this group all right
1: it's literally no surprise whatsoever for me it's khalil herbert a hundred percent uh and i think this stands sort of for redraft and for dynasty just across the board i love this player um, i really liked him coming out of school out of virginia tech i thought what he showed in his final season of of college which it was his fifth season so he's kind of old a little bit but not a ton of wear and tear on the body. Um, I, I think what like lends itself to the success and, and potential usage of Khalil Herbert is the fact that David Montgomery is going to be a free agent in the 2023 season. So this is presumably his final year with the team, unless obviously they extend him. But I think like there are so many question marks up In the air right now for the Chicago Bears I just don't see them prioritizing David Montgomery like in any way set way any shape or form way shape or form thank you Uh, but like Khalil Herbert he's just he's a very solid player he's a six-round pick but I think he fell a bit just because of the fact that um, you know he didn't really get a full-time role until he got some time at Virginia Tech Um, once he had Like, the the lead carries. He was a freaking fantastic running back. He's got a low center of gravity. He's evasive. In his final season of college, had the sixth most most carries of 15 or more yards. Eighth most yards after contact. Fourteenth in missed force tackles. He's fast. Like, there's not a ton of receiving upside there, maybe, because he's got – little teeny tiny kenny Pickett hands at eight and a half inches hey but like <laughs> i think that the bears like they're gonna need to get him a bit more involved i think just to see what they have in him so i think he's going to get some work i think they need to utilize some weapons in and ends. and i just i really like him as a prospect and i think he looked fantastic in the opportunities opportunities he got last year
2: I'm gonna go with a guy with way more upside than Khalil Herbert. Like, I feel like Khalil Herbert is like a Benny Snell type. He's more talented than Benny Snell, but like, if he comes in the game, like your goal there is just to get rushing yards, and it's like, okay, like you're you're not gonna get much else. You're not gonna get a high fantasy performance. But Kenneth Gainwell from the Eagles, you can get a high fantasy performance from because he is that receiving back. He led the Eagles running backs and receptions last year with 50 receptions. He led the running backs with 253 receiving yards. He had five rushing touchdowns, which was second on the team. I actually comp Kenneth Gainwell to Austin Eckler coming out of school before he was even drafted. And then he landed with the Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni, and uh, offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. I don't really know how to say his last name. But both of them worked with the Chargers with Austin Eckler in the beginning of his career, which Austin Eckler and Kenneth Gainwell had very similar rookie seasons. And then Sirianni was the OC for the Colts with Naheem Hines there. And I think Sirianni was looking for his Austin Eckler, Naheem Hines type for this offense when they drafted Kenneth Gainwell. Now, he was a fifth-round pick, so it's going to take a second for him to move into this next step in the NFL and have a big role But I think they're going to utilize him a lot more this year in that pass-catching role. I think Kenneth Gainwell is super talented. He should have never fell that far in the draft uh, last year. I'm excited to see what he can do, and he's going to be one of my favorite late-round targets in PPR drafts come September, August,
0: whenever we do it. I like it.
2: Thanks. Who would you rather have, Khalil Herbert or Kenneth Gainwell? Ooh.
0: Short-term, I want Kenneth Gainwell. For 2023 possibilities, I want Khalil Herbert, because I do think that they'll move on for Montgomery then, and they can slide him right in there.
1: Okay, so you're saying for dynasty, you would prefer Khalil Herbert. I would. What I, would you trade for Khalil Herbert in a dynasty league?
0: I'm not trading for Khalil Herbert in our <laughs> dynasty league oh, that oh, you have him now, in. I'm not I definitely doing
1: definitely <laughs> have him, and he's definitely not for sale. But I keep getting offers. You should and sell I just... him. I keep getting low ball offers.
2: He's like Davis Mills. He's not going to be the starting running back for them in 2023. They'll bring in someone else. Well, we know Davis Mills is not going to be their starting running back. Like
1: Kenneth (laughs) Gamewell. He plays for a different
0: team. And And a a different position. (laughs) Oh,
2: my gosh. All right. Next week, we'll be getting into the second year wide receivers. It's a long list of guys. We'll go through all of them. Uh, The top guys, of course. And then some sleepers. So don't make sure not to miss that. If you have any questions in the meantime or just want to talk about the schedule release, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, Michelle, at BallBlastM, Ball E M.
1: You can find me, Kate, at FFBallBlast.
0: And can, you can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W.
2: Bye, y'all. Bye.
0: Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.